Let us pray. Holy Spirit, come. Breathe your breath on us. Blow in our hearts and lives. Open us up that we might truly hear and understand what you have to say to us this day. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. I invite you to listen for God's word. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? Others jeered at them saying, they're full of new wine. Peter stood with the other 11 apostles. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, Know this, listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk as you suspect. After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy i will cause wonders to occur in heavens above and the signs on the earth below blood and fire and a cloud of smoke the sun will change into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the lord comes and everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved this is the word of the god for the people of god thanks, thanks be, be to god, god. Well, what a week to be preaching on breath and fire. On a Sunday when we mark the coming of the Holy Spirit, God's divine, life-giving breath upon the disciples, we watched in horror as breath and life were pressed out of a black man named George Floyd by a white police officer. We're living right now amidst a deadly virus that attacks people's lungs. 
on a Sunday where we read of tongues of, of fire dancing on the disciples' heads with God's mission and love burning in their hearts, we, we watched in sadness as destructive and deadly violence was sparked in actual fires, burned buildings and cars. On a Sunday where we read about all heaven breaking loose on the early church at Pentecost, we look across our country and think it looks more like all hell breaking loose. And so, here we are. And so we are here and so we need the Holy Spirit. We need a holy wind. We need God's breath, a wind untamable and yet intimate. Strong enough to propel us as, as God's people into places and into spaces and to people we wouldn't go on our own. And leaving no part of our hearts, our lives, our social structures, our institutions untouched. We need the Holy Spirit. We need a, a holy fire. Not a fire that destroys, but one that empowers, untamable and yet intimate, kindling in our hearts, love and justice, connection, mutuality. About a month ago, I took Gabriel to the baseball field near our house uh, to go fly a kite. We had tried before, but it was one of those cheap kites you get from the dollar store that breaks if you sneeze on it. And this time, I was better prepared. I had a much sturdier kite. Uh, it was the perfect windy day. Couldn't wait to go and see Gabriel's face as the kite uh, went into the sky and him holding the string. And, and it was a good day to fly a kite. Uh, we, we got the kite up no problem, and I, and I passed the string over to Gabriel and watched him as he held it, surprised at just how strong the wind was as he was bracing himself against it. And, and then all of a sudden, I kept seeing the kite going higher and higher and higher, so I grabbed the string and started to, to wind the kite back in when I realized that it was pointless to do so. Because the wind had snapped the string and the kite was just flying away into the sky. And I, I, I remember saying to him, sorry buddy, the wind sure is strong, isn't it? We can't really control it. It, it blows things where it wants to. Sometimes I think we forget the, whole, the way the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. Or we, we don't know what to do with how the Holy Spirit might come. We'd prefer a, a gentle breeze that gently holds up the status quo like a kite. Not something like a fierce, untamable wind that leaves nothing untouched. Sorry, folks. The Spirit sure is strong, isn't he? We can't really control her. Spirit blows things where he wants to. Untamable. This past week, our family had a had camping day. We went hiking on a trail in our neighborhood, then came back home, pitched a tent in the backyard, had hamburgers, had a fire in the fire bowl in the backyard. There, there is something hypnotizing about, about watching a campfire and the flames darting about. The fire was in the bowl, controlled, managed, that which is dangerous, safely located and dealt with, providing warmth and heat. We did have to say to the boys a couple times, be careful, it's very hot, it will burn you. A couple of times, especially when sparks kind of jumped out. 
Sometimes I think we forget about how the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. We don't know what to do with how the Holy Spirit might come. We prefer a cozy fire in the fireplace, providing warmth, comfort, and light, while being in a safe spot, controlled and managed by us. Not something like individual flames of fire resting, dancing on the disciples. Untamable. We need a spirit right now like that, that empowers, that sets hearts ablaze with the love of Christ. The disciples were waiting on that first Pentecost day for the power that Jesus had promised that they would receive when the Holy Spirit came. But there was no way they were expecting what happened. God must have been saying, you think the resurrection was something? Wait till you see what happens next. A sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Wind and fire, untamable, with widespread effects. That's how the Holy Spirit's coming is described. These descriptors of, of wind and fire harken back to the ways that God's presence was revealed in the Old Testament. God's breath, God's wind blew across the primordial chaos and into dust and brought forth life. God's wind held back the, the waves of the sea, allowing the Israelites to cross over into freedom from Egypt. God's wind blew across the top of a mountain where Elijah was hiding in fear, splitting rocks and preparing him for the gentle whisper that followed. God appeared to Moses in the flames of a, a burning bush. God's presence appeared to the Israelites in the wilderness as a pillar of fire by night. The Psalms and the prophets speak of God as a purifying fire. Powerful, untamable. God's presence. We, we need that kind of spirit right And so it's no accident, friends, that the coming uh, of God's presence, God's Holy Spirit, is described as a fierce and howling wind through a house and individual flames alighting on the disciples. The Holy Spirit is blowing across the lives of the disciples, giving birth and life to the church. Heaven knows we need new things to be birthed right now. The Holy Spirit is holding back the fears and uncertainties of Jesus' followers so that they might step into new places with new people bearing the good news of Jesus. Heaven knows we need fears pushed aside to be able to speak and embody Jesus right now. The Holy Spirit is blowing in so that the message proclaimed by the disciples might break people's hearts of stone. Heaven knows that there are hearts and systems that need to be changed right now. The Holy Spirit is setting hearts ablaze with love of God and, and people. Heaven knows that we need to see love on the loose right now. The Holy Spirit guides the early church where to go. Heaven knows we need guidance because the church often takes the wrong side or takes no side at all. We need an untamable spirit that doesn't bend to our wills but bends our will to God untamable and yet intimate 
God doesn't want to, to be at a holy distance with only some people. No, God wants holy intimacy with all people to live in our hearts. God's Spirit poured out on all flesh. All flesh. That includes black and brown. God wants people joined with other people, overcoming all barriers. An untamable Holy Spirit is the agent in a movement of intimacy taking place at Pentecost. God joining us in our hearts. God joining people together. And you can hear it. It's striking how many verbs in the passage have to do with speech and sound. Almost every single sentence has some combination of speak, hear, declare, proclaim. This, this untamable moment of wind and flame, divine power signaling the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit through one particular reality of life. Language. Language. Holy Spirit enables the disciples to speak in other languages. The hearers hear these men from, from Galilee declaring the mighty works of God in their mother tongues. They're mystified, amazed, surprised. They're not amazed because they've never, they've never heard of God before. Luke tells us that they were Jews who had gathered for the festival from many places. No, they're amazed and surprised because the disciples are communicating God in their language, not the professional languages of the day like Greek or, or Latin. No, in, in the language and how they talk to each other in the intimacy of their homes. They're talking to them like they know them as a people. Hearing someone speak your language, speaking someone else's language, is an act of intimacy and understanding. It draws people closer. Speaking announces connection, familiarity, relationality. Theologian Willie Jennings writes that to speak a language is to speak a people. To speak a language is to speak a people. In other words, to know and love a language is to know and love the people of that language. And God, he contends, speaks people fluently and wants the disciples to speak people fluently too. See, language is communication, but it's also about hearing and being heard. It's about seeing another person for who they are as a unique and valued child of God and not as anything else. Start talking about food with a chef and they might say, now you're speaking my language. Start talking Thomas the Train with a two-year-old, and they might say, now you're speaking my language. Start talking college basketball with me, and I might say, now you're speaking my language. The disciples talk to, to residents of Pamphylia and, and Arabs and, and Cretans and others in their native tongues, and the response was, now you're speaking to me in my language. Now, now God is speaking to me in my native language. God is speaking my language. There's instantly a sense of connection and intimacy that happens. Joined together by speech. To love a language is to love a people. I can only imagine right now 
can only imagine right now. There are a lot of people, after all that's happened, decade after decade after decade after decade, including these last weeks, pleading, when are people going to speak my language? Love our people. When will our lives actually matter? We've been helping to deliver school lunches to uh, to a neighborhood so that kids not in school can still get the food that they need. And the first day, several of us went door to door, knocking to let folks know that, that we were going to be there, telling them that there was free lunch for their kids. Uh, when I knocked on the door of, of one of the houses, I, I saw a, a face scurry by the window, a uh, boy probably eight or nine years old, and, uh, and I waved and I tried to speak with him, but he just shook his head and said, no, my mom's not here. Uh, my mom's not here right now. And then something finally clicked in me, and, and I said loudly, Buenos dias, tenemos almuerzo gratis de las escuelas para los niños. There was a brief pause, and I saw the door handle open, and, and, and the door opened, and, and a woman appeared, presumably the boy's mother. Gracias, she said. Me voy a escoger uno en uno momentito. It made all the difference in the world to speak her language. It created an intimacy that wouldn't have been there otherwise. That is what God is after when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. When the Spirit came and enabled the disciples to to, to speak in other languages, to, to communicate the good news about Jesus, it's because God wants to dwell and reign through the Holy Spirit in every single heart. God wants everyone to come to the door. God wants the kingdom. God wants to rule and reign in every neighborhood, in every city on earth as it is in heaven. So that the Holy Spirit gives the disciples the ability to make connection with people through language in a way that opens up the possibility of joining with God and with other believers in Jesus Christ. That opens up the possibility of God's loving reign. A movement of of connection and understanding taking place. We need that right now. The good news, friends, is that the same spirit still wants to blow like a hurricane and reorder things and systems right now. Wants to give life. The same spirit that danced as flames on the disciples wants to set our hearts on fire with love for God and neighbor. Empowering our thoughts, our affections, our desires The Holy Spirit is still untamable, and God still wants to connect with us and connect us to one another. God wants all, all people to hear the amazing good news of God's love and grace in the language they understand in a way that makes intimate connection with God and others possible. So yes, that means Mandarin, Spanish, Arabic, French, but that also means, that also means Music and prayers and and liturgy and stories that reach across generations, cultures, regions. It it means speaking like millennials speak. It means speaking like people tired of being oppressed and disregarded speak after actually listening to them too. It means speaking digitally in tweetable characters. It means making God's word understandable to children, teenagers, people with disabilities, those with dementia. It also means being ready that when we ask for God's spirit to come, 
And friends, goodness knows we should be praying for that right now. We better hold on tight for what is coming. We better be ready for a mighty wind that pulls kites off strings and blows us to where our trust is without borders, where God's mission takes us even when it's uncomfortable. We better be ready to speak people fluently, to learn to seek to understand some new language and therefore understand and love people, especially people different than us. We better be ready to be, to be blown to those who are in deep pain, who feel like their voice is never heard, that is perpetually hard to breathe and learn their language, where the good news of the gospel sounds like justice. We better be ready to say and, and live with every breath we've got that black lives matter, just like the disciples said in effect that Cretan lives matter, Arab lives matter, when they spoke the gospel in those native languages. We better be ready to be blown to those anxious and afraid and learn their language where the good news sounds like a peace that passes all understanding. We better be ready to be blown to those who are lonely and learn their language where the good news of the gospel sounds like unconditional belonging. We better be ready to be blown to those seeking and searching and learn their language where the good news of the gospel sounds like that God has redeemed you for, for an amazing and mighty purpose. We better be, be ready to be blown to those tired and worn down and learn their language where the good news of the gospel sounds like God gives strength to the weary. And friends, we better be ready for a fire that jumps out of the fireplace that sets our hearts on fire with love for God and neighbor, with a concern for justice that burns brighter and longer than the pain and anger fueled destructive fires on the streets. And we better, like the disciples, be ready to be empowered to take some action that we never expected we might take on our own. We better be ready for a love that's stronger than hate. We better be ready to declare to all the mighty works of God in Jesus Christ. We better be ready for God's untamable intimacy. God knows we need it. God knows we need it. So that instead of all hell breaking loose, instead of cycles of violence, systemic racism, injustice, retribution, and oppression, all heaven might break loose instead. And others might look at followers of Jesus today, right now, today, with shock, amazement, bewildered joy, as they say, we hear God speaking to us in our native tongue. Come, Holy Spirit. Please, we need you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.